Thanks for tuning into this podcast from KYMN Radio. Consider subscribing to get notifications the next time we post a podcast. And if you enjoy this, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast and share with a friend or on social media. 722, joining us now in our studios is Northfield's Police Chief, Mark Elliott. Chief, thank you so much for coming in this morning. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, listeners. Let's uh, let's talk about some of the things that have been going on over the course of the uh, summer. Uh, we had. Uh, I want to start off with some some legislative action that actually happened uh, when the legislature wrapped up earlier this year. They passed a, a bill called, I believe, it's Travis's uh, Travis's law, uh, and it involves mental health and servicing those, I guess, who have mental health issues. Can you start off, I guess, by describing in better <laughs> detail of the, what the law is uh, that I just did? And, uh, and then let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So Travis's law was passed uh, during the legislative session and went into effect on August 1st of this year. And really what it was was some uh, language changes to the statute that covers emergency response services, um, public safety answering points or 911 centers. And uh, what, the, what the law says is that 911 centers have to include police, firefighting, emergency medical, and ambulance services. And they made an ad into that or changed some language for a referral to mental health crisis teams. Um, and what it changed in the language is from a may include referral to a shall include a referral. And then they changed the language of from where available to when appropriate. Um, so overall, um, I mean, a, a good idea. I think everybody thinks it's a good idea that if folks are suffering from mental health crisis and there's not any threats to other people or anything like that, that have a mental health professional um, help those people. And that, that's what they need. Um, the problem that we see, especially in rural Minnesota, is we don't have the resources for that. Uh, so locally here in Rice County, um, we have a partnership with Horizon Homes, which is out of Mankato and covers a 10-county area in central Minnesota providing emergency crisis uh, resources for people experiencing a mental health crisis. Um, and that includes a mobile response team, but as you can imagine, Covering 10 counties, mobile response can mm -hmm. sometimes mean hours um, for response. They Now, they do have telehealth, um, but that means that somehow you have to connect those folks. So what that means for us on the police side of things is if we go out and deal with someone in Rice County and they're experiencing mental health, for one, the police still need to go um, because there's no local resource to connect these folks. Um, so we go out and we try to you know, calm the person down, make sure that uh, they're in a spot that they are safe and that other folks around them are safe, and then put them in contact with those resources. And, um, you know, this, this change in the law, um, taking where available, what it means is it doesn't matter if you have resources available or not, you still have to somehow re refer them to mental health crisis. Uh, so we're, we're trying to navigate that right now. Um, and even in bigger cities, so or bigger counties. So Northfield obviously has part of the city in Dakota County as well, which has a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week mental health crisis team. Dakota County is the third largest county in Minnesota. But their crisis response model and staffing is not built around this change. So this ended up being an unfunded mandate for 
public safety, and we're trying to figure out how we meet that. And we're all working together, trying to figure it out, but we really didn't have much time to get uh, those resources in place. So we're, we're trying to navigate that right now. Yeah, that uh, it went into effect on August the 1st. So I guess technically you're kind of, that law is in place right now. Uh, you mentioned you're kind of struggling with it. Have you had... Um you know, in the last few weeks, have you, a couple of weeks, have you had issues where this would be necessary? And uh, I know the uh, police officers themselves uh, go through some some training in in this uh, in de-escalating a problem. Is that sufficient enough to uh, be in line with the law? It is in some ways. Um, so yes, our officers here in Northfield have all been through a 40-hour class on de-escalation and crisis management for folks having a mental health crisis. And then after that initial training that they received, every three years they go through a 16-hour refresher um, on that same topic and receive that same training. Um, so th- they are equipped well to, to handle these emergencies. But I really feel the intent of the law was to not have police officers respond in cases where police officers aren't necessarily needed. And really, um, as I said before, that's a good idea. I think that's what what people want. Um, They don't want police going to mental health calls if they don't need to be. The police don't want that either, but there's no other resources to do that. So as I mentioned here, since August 1st, we're responding the same way we were responding before because we don't have an alternative. And then we make that referral to a mental health crisis team. Um, But again, we don't have a local resource of someone being able to come out or, you know, be able to respond in five or 10 minutes or anything like that. So we're trying to work with um, that central Minnesota provider on that, um, trying to work with local resources that we have and make those referrals. What about the legislature? Are they hearing? I mean, I would think that they're hearing by now from uh, uh, police chiefs and uh, police personnel like yourself who are put into that uh, position. Is there any movement to maybe get some funding to try to... It's Right now, I, I think of this as... People, uh, there's a lot of employers out there trying to find some employees, and uh, they're just not out there. I would think having a uh, a mental health response team may be a difficult thing to do. uh, That's probably a job not suited for everyone, and a job that a lot of people uh, in that profession would think, "Mm, no, I don't don't want to enter into a situation like that. So so where, where do you see this going in the future? Yeah, so it's a good question, Jeff. And I've been working on this um, in my role in police administration for the past six years and closely with several different providers on on how they do this. And staffing has been an issue even before the pandemic staffing issues that all employers are having right now. Um, And what they find is that um, a lot of folks that go into this profession um, of working with people in mental health, uh, it's very difficult to to get those folks that want to work um, that 24-7 schedule. So a second or third shift and dealing with people in crisis all the time. So what the employers have told me is that they, they're trying to increase their numbers, but it's just really hard. They hire people. They work in, the, in, in that role um, for maybe 3 to 12 months, and then they end up getting a job offer working in an office setting, more of a therapy-type setting, Monday through Thursday, eight to five type of job. And you can see how for a lot of people, that's just more attractive. 
than working from you know 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. Um, type of thing and and having to drive out and dealing with people in their homes or um, you know in environments that maybe aren't real stable uh, those type of things so um, th- that's been an issue uh, the folks that are working in those settings um, generally want the police to come with them at least on an initial contact once they develop rapport with the person or they're doing follow-up or stabilization um, for folks uh, they're more comfortable um, so so that becomes a factor of you know if people feel safe working in that profession and going out um, so we're working through that too so the legislature you know we had conversations here locally um, for Rice County we had a meeting uh, with our four electeds that serve the Northfield, Faribault, and greater Rice County areas, um, and really talked to both our senators and our reps, uh, and this was back in January, and we told them what we need locally. This came from law enforcement, emergency services, ambulance crews, emergency room doctors. We said we need local mental health beds to support those in mental health crisis so that when they are in crisis and they need um, inpatient-type treatment or stabilization, Right now, they end up going to the emergency room, and then often where those beds are available are far greater Minnesota or even out of state. A lot of folks end up going to Fargo. They end up going to Thief River Falls because that's where the open beds are. All the other spaces in the metro are are taken. So that isn't helpful for the, the person in crisis. It isn't helpful for the health system. Now there's an ambulance driving a person four or five hours to go get help when they're done. Now they're four or five hours away. They don't have their family resources or support network next to them. So, so that's an issue. Um, and we explain that to them. We, we really need some local resources. And then we need those resources for a, a pre-crisis and a post-crisis um, care model for these folks that are struggling. So how do we provide that stabilization care? So maybe we get a call to check the welfare of someone, they're just not acting right, and we go and we chat with them, and, and they don't have a local provider, or they can't get into their local provider because they're booked out. What resources do we have to provide that person some interim care? And that's where, like, Horizon Homes is trying to provide that. But again, they're doing it for 10 counties, and their staffing is um, not at a level that can provide what is really demanded out there. Boy, there's a lot of ground to be covered uh, between that. Let's. Uh, I want to move on to some other things. We only have a few minutes left, but uh, defeat of Jesse James Day. Summer is uh, just about over. The defeat days are coming up in two, three weeks. As a matter of fact, we have the uh, ambassadors and the ambassador candidates coming in a little bit later on this morning for uh, defeat days. But uh, you have, uh, it's going to be an interesting year this year. You know, we've things are opened back up after virtually uh, pretty much canceling it last year. We had one day of some festivities. Uh, this year, it appears that it's going to be all systems go for uh, defeat days. Uh, you're, I'm sure, busy preparing for that. We are busy. And, yeah, that's the information. We work with organizers very closely because um, it's very important to them. It's very important to us that we have a safe celebration so everybody can enjoy. And there's very minimal public safety concerns. So we've been working closely with them. It looks like all events are, um, are good to go. And uh, we are monitoring... Um, the local health emergency as well 
to see how that goes, if there's any changes that come between now and then. But with this a largely outdoor event, um, it looks like things are going to be going forward. All right. Do you have, a, as far as staffing goes, you're fully staffed. I know you call in a lot of the reserves and kind of all hands on deck for that weekend, but is everything looking like it's smooth and ready to go that, in that uh, vein? Yeah, we're, we're not fully staffed. We're, we're one short right now. We'll be doing some hiring soon. And uh, we have one uh, newer officer that is in uh, field training. Uh, so paired up with another officer. So so we're a little short in our schedule, but we do have a really good reserve corps um, that helps us out. And uh, they're pretty well staffed right now, so they'll be out working with our officers and providing some extra patrol. Um, but it is all hands on deck. Um, everybody's working their regular shift, and then during that time, uh, pretty much each day someone's working additional shift or their day's off or canceled, and they're working um, some at least one event each day. Well, it's a big outdoor celebration, as you mentioned, mostly outdoors. And if the weather cooperates, we're, I think we're going to have a big crowd this year. But uh, we are kind of in a situation now with the, the latest, I guess, wave of, uh, of COVID with the Delta variant. Uh, who knows? So I wish you the best of luck with all of that. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. And we have seen that in other celebrations, community events and community celebrations and local area communities um they've been pretty well attended i think folks you know are tired of being cooped up at home and want to get out and they want to see their friends and get back to kind of some of those normal celebration type activities so we're expecting a pretty big crowd um as you mentioned um with some changes with covid and the delta variant that they're talking about um depending on what we see locally with that that could hinder some attendance but everything we're seeing even last weekend with the dakota county fair was was pretty well attended yeah people love cheese curds and bingo (laughs) and i'm right with them (laughs) all right chief thank you so much for coming in today appreciate it thank you jeff northfield police chief mark elliott you're listening to 95 the one am 10 kymn northfield Jessica Paxton with you, host of All Wheel Drive weekdays, 3 until 7 p.m. here on 95 The One. Thanks for listening to this KYMN radio podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it interesting, consider leaving us a review and sharing this podcast on social media. You can find more podcasts like it on our website, kymnradio.net, or wherever you get your podcasts, simply by searching the KYMN Radio Podcast. And of course, you can listen to us live on 95.1 FM, 1080 AM, and on our website. KYMN is your home for real radio, true variety, 